welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 269, the final three interviews with the NWTF Board of Directors nominees. And I am your host and the guy who is terribly late bringing this week's episode to you. Yes, it appears I've taken about four or five mental health days in a row. I'm not real sure that it helped. I may still be I may still be mentally off a little bit, but it was good for me. So as you guys know, I normally post the shows on Thursday, which would have been the day after Christmas this week, but there's a couple of reasons it didn't post. I took a few days for Christmas, and then after Christmas, I went to the woods and spent some time with my dad and brother at the hunting camp, and then after that, I came home and spent the weekend with my wife, and so we're just now getting to this past week's episode. One other reason that I'm late bringing you this episode is because it took me a little bit longer than I anticipated in tracking down the final three nominees for the NWTF Board of Directors. Since I'm trying to get this episode out to you guys right now, today, while we have a very small window of opportunity to get our votes in for the National Board of Directors, I'm going to be very brief with my intro and outro. First up today, I have Mike Evans from Atoka, Oklahoma. And Mike is going to tell us a little bit about who he is and why he's running for the National Board of Directors again, because he is currently a member of the Board of Directors. So here is Mike Evans, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me this evening, Mike Evans, who is from Atoka, Oklahoma. And Mike is, I'm going to say, one of the nominees for the NWTF National Board of Directors, which he is, but he is also currently serving as a board member. And so I guess he's up for re-election, so to speak. But Mike, how are you today? Doing great. Good. Doing great. Good. So you and I were talking before I started the recording and, and you're telling me you're traveling back home from visiting family for Christmas. So you you got a little time on your hands still yet so we'll see if we can't knock this interview out and let you get back on with your drive here <laughs> sounds good 
So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into turkey hunting. Well, we came from a family that hunting. All my my uh, dad and his four brothers started taking all these young ones hunting for our first time in deer season. We got to be 11 or 12 years old. But we've hunted and fished all our lives. I got into turkey hunting by accident because when we first started hunting, there was no turkey at all in our area. Then there gradually got to be a few turkey. Right. And it got to be to where we uh, didn't have a fall season. Finally got to have a spring season. Had the, we still don't have a fall season in our county, Oklahoma, but uh, unless it's archery. Uh, but we uh, fortunate enough have some good friends that believe in turkey hunting, and there was time that we turkey hunting. Then we started traveling, and then we just all got busy. Had a lease in Texas for years. That's a good turkey hunting on it down around San Saba. Mm-hmm. But uh, we gradually decided it was better off just to kind of put us a place together. So we started doing that over the years. So then all of a sudden you get stuck in doing the conservation improvements on it. And you, you more or less have a different perspective uh, in your hunting deal now. It's more about what can I produce, uh, what I need to do to help what wildlife I want to try to help, whether it be uh, turkey, deer, quail, right. or whatever. But uh, it t- takes a little bit of different habitat work for each of it. So then we're all of it all the time. Then uh, this got in, just was a knack. And then it was fortunate enough to find the National Wild Turkey Federation, my wife and I were, and it fit our niche when our kids left. And uh, we were scratching our heads, trying to run too many reruns on TV and finding something we could do on the side dock about our time. <laughs> NWTF was the answer for us. Uh, yeah. And more than just that, it, it gave us an opportunity. E- everybody wants to make a difference. Everybody does. Right. If they say they don't, they're lying to you. They all want to make a difference. But it takes a lot of money to really make a difference. Well, through NWTF, with our partnerships with our wildlife agencies and other volunteers, because we're still a volunteer-based group, we're able to leave a huge impact on our conservation work and our wildlife habitat, not just in Oklahoma, but all over the U.S., so it's really been uh, gratifying to be able to be a part of that. Even though I was doing some of it ahead of time, I was able to take it up to whole new heights and feel like we've left a legacy now for generations to come. And that's, uh, I'm proud of that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, tell us a little bit about why you're running again for the National Board of Directors. And is it, is, it's a three-year term? How long is the term? Three-year term. Okay. Three-year term. Uh, we have, uh, supposed to have 18 member board. We're down to 16 now, but we'll, we'll be back up this time. Uh, the things that we do that's important right now, we're, we're in several initiatives. We, we've just got through some building. We have a tremendous shooting complex called the Palmetto Shooting mm-hmm. Complex there. It's really nice pistol, rifle, uh, sporting clays fields, trap, skeet. It's pretty, archery is pretty impressive. Beautiful buildings. I'm chairman of the building committee and and on several other committees. But it's uh, we're in the middle of an initiative too. Well, we're two thirds full. It's called Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt, which we're going to impact over four million acres on the ground, create a, another half a million in excess acres, and create a million and a half new license holders because that's one of the issues that we have across the country for wildlife agencies in each state as they lose their hunting numbers normally it's because of age that affects their operating costs so we've made it a point to try to help that and in some areas we are increasing the number of license holders oklahoma's up in several other states 
I think we're turning that trend to somewhat. But now we're at the point now trying to do uh, even more fundraising and create uh, for a development apartment larger sums of money that will be restricted. So someone in their area, whether it be a corporation or whatever, can decide that we present them different aspects of habitat and that they might want to be a part of and put their name on and fund a big portion of it. Most of those are going to be six and seven figure donations, but we we have some from time to time and we're trying we're really doing our best to try to figure out what's the smartest way to handle those more funds and uh we have to keep a balance between restricted and unrestricted that we obviously have our chapter system which is our cash cow mm-hmm. and that's for, that's the biggest portion of our funding every year that takes care of our salaries and everything else so uh okay <laughs> oh i said don't say cash cow that's not nice <laughs> anyway that's our huge that's our largest fundraising mechanism that we have so but it's fun it's fun we enjoy it we've got great people you uh, that's another issue that you can't put a finger on whether you're rocky mountain or nra or nwtf or whoever you will come into contact with people that you will become lifelong friends with but without being in one of these NGOs like this, non-governmental organizations, you would never have had an opportunity to meet these people. That that is an understatement. Uh, that I don't know how you put a price tag on that, but it's very very important. So if your listeners are out there, if your listeners are out there and you enjoy what your states are doing, it, it became because you had a lot of groups out there that got together and got behind wildlife agencies. It may have been helping with habitats, it may have been helping with fishing dock, may have been helping with land acquisition. There's so many different things they can do that we are great partners. All NGOs are. I'm not going to say one over the other. Some of them spend their money more out of the continent of the United States than others, but all of them have a purpose, and they're great conservation partners for all our wildlife agencies. So if you if you love what the wildlife is, even if you don't love hunting, you can help invest in those wildlife agencies by just purchasing a license every year. That's not a big expense, and they're able to take those dollars and compound them with PR funds in there. Most people in Robertson, most people right now are averaging, most states are probably averaging 11 to 12, and some projects are getting as much as 40 or one max. Those are significant numbers when you, when you put federal dollars down on what, what we do in the other groups. Right. The government matching dollars is, is huge. So, you know, and, and especially for a lot of the states, you know, they got their license money coming in, and for what matching dollars they can get from the feds is a big deal so absolutely oh yeah you can match about seven dollars for that license fee alone there's another match on it then you know it's just you got your federal dollars you got your state forestry dollars you have u.s forestry dollars we've taken some projects that we put in as little as forty thousand dollars to get the to get the project started for land acquisition Indeed, you would come along and we'd write Dr. Grants and go on, but we would parlay those into a million two, a million three. Those are real matching numbers. Those are huge dollars. And that doesn't happen once in a while. It's happened on a continuing basis across the nation. We have a really good group of, we call them regional biologists, uh, but they do a great job of doing the paperwork and the funding mechanisms, working with your wildlife agencies, forestries, state, putting up proposals for each individual state to vote on they manage them they help manage and spend the money quite well the local 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 states do right so tell us a little bit about what separates you from the other candidates and obviously i would never ask you to say anything negative about any of them and and you wouldn't do it even if i did ask you but 
Nah, guess, we've got some, got some good people. Yeah, definitely. But I guess another way to, to phrase a question is why should we vote or cast one of our three votes for you instead of the other candidates? Well, all of them have passion, so we're not separated there. We've got some great ladies and gentlemen on this board, outstanding. I came up through the chapter system, and there's some others that did also, but we know, we know it from, from a perspective of being on the committee, from being a chapter president, from being a banquet chair, then being on your state board, as secretary, treasurer, vice president, president, and now being on the board. And my biggest attribute, in my own opinion, is the fact that I've been a businessman, owned my own business for 40-something years. So I believe it gives me a perspective so you can uh, can get down to the brass roots or what I call fisher cut bait time and make decisions that, that further our organization and also being able to have an understanding of finances is a big help, big help, because we're, we're a $70 million entity. Yeah. So we do, we do a ton of work. And that's not counting all the dollars we do with our staffs, our regional directors, regional biologists, that work help us work and find projects to the wildlife agencies and help us do the paperwork, be sure the project's carried out in a timely fashion, be sure we get all the matching funds that we're able to get through the state portraits, federal, or through Pittman-Robertson funds, and on any other partnerships where other NGOs can get together and partner together. That makes a very, very good scenario to get huge conservation projects done versus putting in four or 5,000 we can scrape up several dollars and put it together and, and, and get well some we've had as much as a 40 to 50 to one match on oh, that's, wow. that's that's massive that's huge massive some great ngos out there if your listeners are there and they love what we do they need to buy a membership <laughs> some yes. somebody us rocky mountain du it doesn't matter pheasant farewell forever whoever now i'm partial i feel like we do the best job of the habitat work and preservation of our hunting heritage. NRA does a great job on our second amendments. Rocky Mountain does a good job both sides, but it's but, but we have these things because the groups have gotten together and got behind their wildlife agencies and been able to have quality uh, habitat and quality hunting experiences across the country because of that. So if you enjoy it or if you just enjoy the wildlife and the pretty scenery after we've done all the habitat work on they need to help contribute to that because that is the lifeblood of our wildlife agencies. This is license fees. No doubt. And then memberships is what help us. You've got to be a member of something. This, you know, whether it be us or Rocky Mountain, whoever. You need to be a membership in these organizations helps fund and fuel not only our organization, but that's also what helps fuel and keep the wildlife agencies stable as we move into the future. Fantastic. So I know you and I could talk NWTF probably all night long. And, you know, the, the main reason for me doing these interviews is to give the listeners of the show a little bit better idea of who are these people that are running for the board. You know, we, we see the little blurb there in the Turkey Country magazine, and there's just not a whole lot to it. So these interviews kind of give people a, an idea of or give listeners to the show an idea of who it is that's, that is running for the board and who is it that's sitting on the board currently and kind of the direction that they're wanting to take the organization and or keep the organization steered on course, that kind of thing. So I know you and I could talk in WTF for a long time today, but let's 
let's do something else right now. Let's talk turkey hunting. So okay. I love turkey hunting stories, and I would love for you to tell me the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt and one or two things that happened or that you did on that hunt to help make that hunt a success. Well, at my age, I've been fortunate enough to hunt a lot and been fortunate enough to be successful with some good buddies that I hunt with and all. Right now, my biggest thrill out of it is being able to take my wife, who started hunting about 10 years ago, and all my grandchildren. And this year, I had a grandson that was old enough to hunt his turkey for the first time, and we were able to move and do some running gun and call him up a really nice 11 and a half inch bear and inch and a quarter spurs wow. turkey to me that made my whole day i didn't even have to carry a gun i did go back the next next weekend with my wife and i and we doubled up she killed a nice bird and i killed a nice bird but if i if i had to pick one thing that i could do and i've elk hunted and, and lots of lots of pheasants and a lot of shooting a lot of deer it would be turkey because you can make it happen yourself. You don't have right. to just sit there and wait. It's, right. good, it's good eating. I, in some states, my greatest fear has always been that someone would decide, and some agency would say, well, we don't need to be doing all that. Pick out one species, and that's all you can hunt. Well, I would be hard-pressed not to pick the wild turkey. It's a fantastic bird to be hunting. Yeah. Different. Every, every hunt's different. First time you take your spouse, then you got to start buying a whole lot of gear, and and uh, it's 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 fun. It's fun, and then you're be fortunate enough to take your kids as they graduate and got old enough. Uh, it's really been the, it culminates everything of all the work that you've done through the yeah. years, and uh, hopefully that they will pass on to their kids and grandkids what was passed on to me and what I've tried to pass on to them. And I take a lot of different youth, and uh, take a lot of ladies hunting. We take them on pheasant hunts and turkey hunts and things like that and they love it they have great times they'll, yes. they'll get in there and do anything they're good they're good they become good hunters ladies do oh yes no doubt about it they're much more patient and better shots than us guys are yeah they're serious <laughs> they have they have a good time when we pheasant hunt they have a good time when we turkey hunt it's a blast yeah so, i mean they come in telling some stories i'm be 70 years on in january so i've been doing this a lot of years it's been a little, it's, it's gotten to be a more fun the last 10 and 12 years because of the, my wife, daughter, sons, and grandkids, all four of them. So, right. And then uh, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. I'd, I'd do it all over again. I just might not work as hard. I might take more days off, not more <laughs> times. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I tell people during turkey season that, you know, when I meet someone new and they say, well, what do you do for a living? I say, well, I'm semi retired. But that's only during turkey season. That's right. That's yeah. right. The other I had both knees down here about my rear end off. three years ago. So that that, that made my turkey turkey down a little bit better. So I, I struggled there for, for five or six years and finally said, ah, enough of this. I got them both replaced. And uh, now I can still run and gun. There you go. Well, Mike, I sure do appreciate you taking time out of your evening to chat with us and I hope you have a safe remainder of your trip to get back home. And I got to get back now. Watch all these football games. No, that's right. On. That's right. We got some ball games coming on here in the next few days. Ball games that matter. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. I don't know. I'm if a you're... boomer. Are you? Okay. Boomer. Boomer sooner. 
Well, I'll be rooting for you guys because you have a quarterback that I'm awfully fond of after watching him at my school for four years. So that's been that's been fun. He's a good young man. He is. really, really is. Impressive young man. So. He is, no doubt. No doubt. Anyway, <laughs> I appreciate it and uh, tell your listeners that it never hurts to take somebody afield. It's a very gratifying experience that will stay with you forever. That is so true, and that is a great note to leave everyone on. And I wish you a lot of luck with the nomination and another run for the board of directors. And hopefully I will get a chance to see you in Nashville here in a couple of months. It's not long now. I look forward to it. You be careful. All right. You too, Mike. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Goodbye. All right. I hope that you liked that interview with Mike. I've got to say, every single one of these guys that are running for the board of directors are just super nice. And yes, I'm letting the cat out of the bag, I guess, a little bit for the next two. But I think you'd be surprised to learn that they were not nice guys. So let's get into our next nice guy interview with Brian Perry from North Carolina. And Brian is also a current board of directors member. And here's Brian to tell us a little bit more about himself and why he is running for the National Board of Directors. Listen in closely, and I'll catch you in a few minutes. Hey, everybody. I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today Brian Perry, who is one of the nominees for the NWTF National Board of Directors. And I've got Brian on today so we can learn a little bit more about him and why he's running for the National Board of Directors, or I should say running for reappointment or re-election to the National Board of Directors because he's a a current board member. So, Brian, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule and the holidays to come on and and talk to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into turkey hunting. Well, thank you for having us, Andy, and thank you for showcasing the the candidates for the board. I, I think that's a great thing. I live in eastern North Carolina, near Raleigh, for those who might know. Uh, married my wife, Tammy. We've been married, honestly, this year will be 30 years. Congrats. I know she'll be glad I remembered that. Um, <laughs> I have four kids, son and three daughters. And I became involved locally because there were no turkeys where I grew up at. And it was just a uh, you know, something you see on TV. And I just always thought that that turkey hunting would be something cool. We deer hunted here, but no turkey. So it was kind of selfish. I became involved because I wanted to see turkeys on my farm where I lived at. And I started off by going to some banquets down east. There wasn't a local chapter here where I lived. And then got up with some friends and we started a chapter locally and 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 grew and eventually made it someone said hey you need to run for the state board i didn't know a state board existed for the turkey federation ended up getting on the state board um became the state president and progressed through that and you know the next step obviously was hey run for the national board and i did and i was fortunate enough to get elected that was six years ago so i I've, this will be my uh Second re-election, uh, third term on the board if I if I'm lucky enough to get re-elected. But it it all started from wanting to be able to see and 
hunt turkeys where I live. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. That's a, a good deal. Now, this will be your second time up for re-election. So you've been on the board now for nine years, and no, this will this will be the end of the sixth year. End of the sixth three year, three year term. So uh, I was I ran, got reelected, and now this is my, my second. second. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Second reelection. Math's not my strong point. Just don't tell anybody I'm in the mortgage business. No, so, I've had plenty of practice at explaining this election thing. <laughs> So tell us why you're running again for the National Board of Directors at the NWTF. Well, uh, you know, not a great answer, but I have thoroughly enjoyed um, being on the National Board. Um, When I ran initially, I thought I knew what I was getting into. Um, Actually, I didn't, but I I have really enjoyed um, serving you definitely get a different perspective of the organization you know state at the state level generally you see your state type stuff but Mm -hmm. uh, being on the national board has kind of opened my eyes to the church federation across the country since i got on the board i was fortunate i've I've become the secretary for the board i am chairman of the constitution and bylaws but also the strategic planning committee and that's that's been one of the exciting parts of of, of being on this board. We've we've got a lot of things coming. It's getting ready to be our 50th anniversary, and we are looking significantly at strategic planning for the future. It's uh, it's a big part. It's we, we have had our traditional values. They will never change, but we are also looking at things that are not traditional or at least are not seen as that traditional turkey hunter that that we've we've always had it's uh we we are so much more than just turkeys uh i've always joked the greatest thing about the national wild turkey federation is the national wild turkey federation worst thing about it is it's the national wild turkey federation people think we only do turkeys and and that is the farthest thing from the truth we impact so much more and Sorry, I'm getting off the subject, but that that strategic planning is something that it's 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 changing. I think people will like what they're seeing going forward. Uh, we will never change from what we have been, but we are expanding our horizons, and 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 I think members will be pleasantly surprised. We just need to do a better job of getting that information out. We're investing in, and so hopefully people will get to see a lot of what I get to see as a national board member. Yeah, very good. So this next question is a little bit of a tough one, and I don't think anybody's ever really claimed that I'm 100% politically correct, but tell us what separates you from the other candidates that are running for the board or the other nominees, and you know, obviously, I know you wouldn't say anything negative about anybody, but you know I'm not asking you to say anything negative about anybody. But another way to phrase the question would be, why should we cast one of our three votes for you? Yeah, you're right. When I saw the questions, I thought, hmm, that one will be exciting. <laughs> and, and, and in all honesty, no, my, my middle-of-the-road response for the beginning of this is, 
no, no one will no one would have made it this far to be to run on the ballot to get the opportunity if they didn't have something to contribute and they weren't a worthy candidate to serve on the board. I, I've, I've never seen yeah. anyone get to run that, that which I don't know that I would say, but it, it didn't deserve the opportunity. Um, there are just, you know, the, the unfortunate fact is, is there are only so many positions, and there are people that absolutely could do a great job and just never get the opportunity. Um, you know, one of the jokes is, oh, that board never changes. Anyone who believes that needs to look at the makeup of the board. There has been, and this is a throwing a number off the top of my head, there's probably been a 60% change in that board in the last 8 to 10 years. And that's not including people that got the opportunity to run that didn't weren't fortunate enough to get elected. The, the face of the board is definitely different. And there are going to be openings going forward that there are opportunities. And, and one of the things that has started to improve is we have had more and more candidates submit to run for the board, which I think is a good thing for the organization. It's, yeah. it's always good to have, you know, some historical context with board members and, and, and that, that bridge. But it's, it's also good to get new board members, new new ideas, new ways of looking at things. And, and the board as a whole does believe that as well. As far as myself, my, my biggest argument for casting the vote would be I have been fortunate enough to be the, the chair of these two committees, Constitution and Bylaws. And, and we recently redid the state and national Constitution and Bylaws, and I was able to work with, with all the state presidents personally. We ended up talking personally and 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 i do think that's a, a that interaction you know at least verbally is a, is a is a good thing for the organization board members shouldn't appear to be in some distant far off land i, I urge anybody who gets opportunity to see one of the national board members to come talk to them believe it or not they're actually normal people it's it's funny sometimes we get comments about that and you know, the other part is the strategic planning. I would love to have the opportunity to continue developing this strategic plan for the future. And 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 that would be one reason I would hope people would consider me as one of the candidates. Very good. Well, you may not know this about me, but I probably have about 20 other questions I could ask you about the NWTF and all that other kind of fun stuff. I know you'd probably love to talk to me some more about it, too, but let's move on to something that I think we all, well, it's the reason that you're on the board and the reason that I like the NWTF so much, and that's turkey hunting. So can you share the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt and maybe one or two of the things that you did on that hunt that made it or helped to make it a success? Well, I have blackmailed a bunch of people this morning because we had some recent not-so-successful turkey hunts. And, mm-hmm. and so I've called a couple of those people, including some fellow board members, and I have have asked them if they wanted me to share those stories. And, and, and it's pretty much been a, 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 a an agreement of, no, 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 no. Um, now, I'm not going to lie, one of those I hunted with, I had some pretty bad misses when I was hunting with them as well, but... 
I have my, my kids are a little older, except for one. I've got one daughter that's seventeen, and and so I traveled early on a lot, turkey hunting, hunted all over everywhere, and just tried to see if I could kill myself turkey hunting, starting in Florida, coming up, and and just going north. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little older now. I'm not as spry as I used to be, but one of the things I did when my kids started getting older was started hunting a lot more locally and i believe it or not now enjoy hunting at home and and it's not the downplay going anywhere else i I enjoy it better than i do traveling anywhere at any time so i'm fortunate two of my children really enjoy hunting i'll support it but i get the opportunity to go with them and i'm fortunate i've got some really good places to hunt some really good friends to hunt with locally and i'm retired from a county EMS job and so I have a lot of time and so I'm I'm the I think I'm the regional person you call if you want to go turkey hunting that you know doesn't have anything to do so to give you a, a, a general answer and not a specific hunt we, we have good hunts every year I'm not an extraordinary caller but I always believe I'm going to get the opportunity to kill a bird every second of every hunt of every day of every time I go Mm-hmm. And so I get a lot of I get a lot of opportunities to carry people. I enjoy carrying people first time, but what I probably enjoyed most of all, and and this is not necessarily just kids, anyone that I've ever had the opportunity to carry, that started off as just someone that wanted to go, and then someone that started learning, and then someone that became independent. Right right now, that is the best thing i can tell you about any of the hunts i've had and and my my 17 year old daughter is is one of those examples she you know started off tagging along with daddy and we hear birds gobble and it was exciting and and we had a hunt this past year and we had some birds come in and they were in a cow corral and and uh, right in front of our face, and we were up on the edge of a little field, a bunch of cedars between us, and we weren't able to get on them. They crossed out that cow corral and came within eight foot up the cedars. And, and so my daughter at that time, she was 16, and, and, and you know, she just wanted to do it herself. She can hoot mm-hmm. call with the best of them. And, and so, you know, you're, you're wondering, because they're right in our face on the other side of those cedars, and so you want to she's going to pick up the gun and shoot or is she going to, what's she going to do? And I don't know that I could have been any prouder. She, she waited. They walked by us. She let them get about 25 yards by us. It was six long beards and one Jake, um, all strutting except for the Jake in the back. And then she rolled out around me and said, watch this. And she yelled. And when she did, you know, they all spun around and mm-hmm. she killed the bird in the front strutting. And I just, you know, that, that patience was what just, it, it made my day. Um, Park Shackelford, a fellow board member, we, we hunted with him and his son last year. He got his first bird. That was, that was really special. We had a good time. And, and, um, and you know, I've, I've got a friend of mine, Ray Merritt here. His, his son took up hunting last year and has taken to it like a duck to water. Um, he's a really smart kid. He's a really good hunter. 
His dad is not. His dad is a terrible hunter and probably never be a turkey hunter, but he's a good guy. But but Coleman is, is an has turned into an excellent turkey hunter quickly. So, you know, that that's not one particular hunt, but it, it's it's the part I enjoy. It's it's the people that I enjoy going. I enjoy hunting myself. Don't get me wrong now. I, I enjoy that as good as anything. But but the things I really enjoy now are, are carrying people that actually become motivated and turn into really good turkey hunters. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great story about your daughter. I like that. And I say from time to time that turkey hunting is a sport of being patiently aggressive. And it's also the sport of being aggressively patient. So the fact that she can sit there and watch those turkeys walk by is something to be commended for sure. So that's that's a great story. I love that. Well, Brian. It's exciting to see people make those good decisions. It is. It is. You're right. Well, man, I, I really do appreciate you taking time and coming on the show today and telling us a little bit more about yourself and more about the NWTF and, and why you're running for the national board again. And I wish you a lot of luck with the election. And hopefully I'll be able to catch up with you in Nashville. I will be there and I have plugged your telephone number into my phone and I will shoot you a text message when I get there and maybe I can trick you into let me buy you an adult beverage. That sounds fine. I will be, believe it or not, I'll be there from Monday to to Sunday. So uh, please do, and and I'd love to get together with you and, and 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 meet you in person. One thing I can tell folks: you may vote for me, you may not. If you don't vote for me, vote for three. Vote for three people. Doesn't matter who you read, look at their pictures. If you like them, if they're wearing a funny hat, you don't like whatever. But take the time to fill out your ballot and turn it in. That is something the organization desperately needs. That is for sure. And mine is going in the mail today. So Sounds great. We've, we've got to get those turned in here. We don't have much time for those of you that haven't completed them yet. We've got to get them done. So let's get them in the mail and, and do what Brian says. So good deal. Well, thank you again. I, I do appreciate it. I hope you and your family have a very safe and happy new year. And Look forward to seeing you here in, gosh, what, 45 days or so? Yeah, a few weeks. Yeah, won't be long. Not at all. Yep. You Um, you have a great new year, too, and if I can ever help you or anyone else, feel free to give me a call. I'll sure do it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. All right. So funny thing about the interview with Brian, he and I had a very nice conversation for about 30 minutes before the interview and about 15 or 20 minutes after the interview. So all in all, it was an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minute long phone conversation. The entire time that I was on the phone with Brian, I'm going to call him my nephew because his mom and my wife are very good friends, but he's not really related to me by blood or marriage. But I'm going to call him my nephew anyway because the Joker is just too cute. My nephew was at my house and he knew that I'd lock myself in the room to do the interview with Brian because I needed some peace and quiet. But I didn't get a whole lot of peace and quiet. The entire interview, what I heard was this. Yeah. Yep. He was knocking on the door. 
of the room that I was in for the length of that conversation. And needless to say, he caused me to lose my train of thought a couple of times with my conversation with Brian. So I told Brian that I had a little bit of a distraction going on and hopefully he understood. And I'm pretty sure he did because I don't think it's been terribly long ago that he had children that were that small that I'm sure demanded a lot of his attention. But it was a good interview with another good guy. And the last interview that I conducted this week was with Parks Shackelford from Virginia. And Parks is also a board member with the NWTF currently. And here's Parks to tell us a little bit more about himself and why he's running for the National Board of Directors again. So listen in closely, and I'll catch you here in a few minutes. Hey, everybody. I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today Parks Shackelford from Virginia, and Parks is one of the nominees for the NWTF National Board of Directors, and Parks is actually one of the current board members, and so he's running for re-election there. And I wanted to get Parks on so he could tell us a little bit more about himself and why he's running for the national board. So, Parks, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into turkey hunting. Absolutely. And first, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you. I grew up on a uh, farm, primarily cotton, but other crops in North Louisiana. And in a very rural area at a time when there were only two television stations and no video games or anything else. So mm. my entertainment every afternoon after the school bus dropped me off was to, to get a few shotgun shells and go out and wander around and see what I could find. That led me over the years to a serious love of hunting and fishing, and that has stayed with me throughout my life. There were not a lot of turkeys. This was in the 1960s, 1970s. Not many turkeys in my area. There was a, a place on the Mississippi River where I could hunt them a little bit. Um, I did not get real serious into turkey hunting until I got a bit older, kind of up in my 20s and 30s. Okay. So you hunted pretty much whatever was in season or whatever was around when you were younger. What what kind of sparked you into turkey hunting? Was it just something new to, to pursue? Well, I had, had, had always seen turkeys some when, when we were deer hunting and um, had hunted them a little bit. But um, as you and many of your listeners probably know, when you start out hunting turkeys that have been pressured pretty good, um, it can be pretty ego crushing when you get out there and the turkey's gobbling and you give it the quietest little yelp ever and the whole woods go silent. It 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 takes a little patience. Um, so when it finally got to the point where more turkeys were around and there were more options to hunt, and um, when I finally uh, sitting around one afternoon up in Virginia and and hit a few yelps on my box call expecting the same thing that had happened for most of the rest of my life nothing had happened and all of a sudden the turkey gobbled and answered it i just about dropped the call and i've been hooked ever since i'm not much of a fall hunter but i love to hear the turkeys gobble and i love the back and forth of trying to lure one in absolutely yeah and i can totally relate to what you're talking about I, i still have that issue today making a sound and having everything in the woods shut up because I sounded so terrible. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot has to do with the bird. Um, you know, there, there's some 
you, you may not sound so awful, but some of them that have been in an area, they know who's who's there and who's not and everything around them. I, I laugh at that. I love telling the story. It, it happened to me just a few years ago. Um, once again, up here in some beautiful hardwoods in Virginia, and the turkey was just hammering. And I knew I had to let him know where I was because I was afraid he'd fly down on a field. And I did the quietest little yelp. And I'm not a great turkey caller, but I'm not awful. But I might as well have taken a bullhorn, lights, sirens, and everything else and said, danger, 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 uh-huh. attention. <laughs> turkey hunter in the woods because it went dead silent and I never heard him again. Yeah, yeah. We, uh... But that, that, it, it's good to have that every once in a while. Put well, you back in your place. Keep you right. humble. You're right. It's very humbling. You're you're exactly right. Yeah, I had it happen to me on public land in West Virginia this year, so I can totally relate. So yeah. Well, as I mentioned in the intro, you're currently on the board of directors for the NWTF. Why are you running again for another term? Well, I think we've got uh, we've made great progress with the organization, but we've got a long way to go. And I feel I contribute to the uh, helping us find new direction and improve our service and what we do. I think uh, we've got a fantastic organization. The strength of our organization is the volunteers and the folks out there that that make the NWTF happen. But you know, one of the things I focus a lot on, in addition to the conservation of the wild turkey, is also our hunting heritage programs. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, losing hunters around the country. It's very important for us. I don't, anybody listening to this probably already knows the importance of maintaining hunters. And this is one of the organizations that I see that's of the many national organizations. This is the Hunters Advocate, and we are very, um, focused on what we can do to uh, support hunters. Yeah. Why am I versus anyone else? You know, we've got, as I mentioned, the, uh, the volunteers of the, the strength of our organization and our banquet system is what keeps the NWTF running. But we got a lot of folks that know a lot about banquets. I am not one of them. I, I go to plenty of banquets and I enjoy them, but that's not my strength. I've worked for years dealing with a number of different national organizations and working with federal government agencies and others, and I bring a little different perspective to the table. I no longer live in a rural area. I now live in kind of a suburban, urban area, so I see things a little differently and see folks in an area where there are plenty of people that hunt but that we may not be reaching through our normal channels. And so I guess I bring – I have – Tremendous respect for the other folks running, and a number of them are close personal friends of mine. I just make uh, my argument why me, because I'm, I'm a little different than the others, and, and we need a little diversity in opinion and expertise to make the board a, a, a richer uh, membership. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement. Yeah, and that, that actually was my next question to you. And, you know, I think that the, the way the question is worded may seem a little pointed, or, you know, kind of like, I guess, a little leading, and that's not why it's intended. You know, it's it's intended for us to to really kind of get a little bit more knowledge about you and what, what you bring to the table that's different. And I think you did a, a brilliant job uh, defining that for us just then, so I, I appreciate that. 
So the next question I have for you is not really a question, I guess. It's a it's a request, and that is, yeah, I can I can talk to you about the NWTF for for ages and ages, but we don't we don't have the time to do that. And I want to I guess let the listeners of the show know that you guys on the board are not just stuffed shirts who don't know anything about turkey hunting. So (laughs) I'm going to ask you to tell us a little story about turkey hunting. So can you tell us the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt and one or two things on that hunt that you did that you feel like helped to make that hunt a success? Sure. I'll be glad to, but first I can't, can't go past your initial comment and say that, you know, every once in a while if they saw me in the woods, they might think I was a stuffed shirt and a full-scale idiot. I never uh, cease to amaze myself at times when I make incredible mistakes, and um, I just try to learn back. from them. It is a humbling experience at times. Sometimes you think you're the smartest guy ever, and um, other times I just I really wonder why why i bother i just think i'm crazy in any case but i i have to enter this with humility i'll just say that my wife and i both work and we have three children in school so i don't get to turkey hunt as much as i'd like to right now but we Mm -hmm. we focus on our priorities and i still sneak out when i can last year the most the last hunt i did was in um in may i went out west because as much as i love the hardwoods of the the southeast it's also fun to go someplace that you haven't been and see someplace different. So yeah. I went out to Wyoming and Montana. I returned to a place I'd hunted in uh, in Wyoming a number of times and uh, killed the turkey there. And one of the things, I think one of your follow-up questions, one of the things that helped me there was being familiar with the terrain and being familiar with what the turkeys there do. At the same time, whenever you go someplace new, you're not going to be familiar, so you have to work at it. So when I killed the turkey in Wyoming, I still had a couple of days, so I purchased a Montana license and drove a few hours and went to a new place, and the gentleman was a sheep rancher. He was shearing sheep, so he just showed me where I could hunt, and after that, I was on my own, and so I would say my key attribute for that was patience because I had to, to wander around, and try to find the turkeys, and it took a day or two. But the last morning, I got it just set up perfectly, almost like you, you see on TV, which almost never happens for me. When I got out there early in the morning, the turkey was gobbling. I set up. I called to him. He, they, he flew down, messed around for a little while, but all of a sudden he gobbled again and came straight on in, and I finished him off with one good, clean shot. But uh, it, it was kind of fun because, like I said, for me, uh, the number of times I love being out there first thing in the morning and, and hearing them gobble, at least it lets you know where they are and they're around, but too many times they go to bed with hens and they're not leaving their hens for me, but... Every once in a while, when it works just right, it's a lot of fun too. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So those, you're right. Those hunts where they fly down from the roost and, for all practical purposes, come straight into us, they are few and far between. And most of the time, me personally, I like to miss those shots. I like to miss those turkeys <laughs> because, you know, in Alabama we get one bird a day, and if I kill that one right off the roost, I'm done. Well, that's no fun. 
So <laughs> there you are, but nothing like a day or two out there, day or two out there with nothing to uh, to make you fully appreciate that you better get the opportunity when it comes. Uh, you know, I uh, you asked one of your your written questions about the attributes, and for me, patience is a big thing. I'll I'll take a paperback book and I'll go sit out, and maybe taking a nap is a very effective strategy at it times. Is. But yeah. being out there, letting them know where you are, and eventually uh, things go right. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Parks, I, I really appreciate you taking time out to come on the show, let us learn a little bit more about you, share a turkey hunting story with us, and I wish you a lot of luck in the election for the board of directors for the NWTF. And so uh, just random but not totally random question, you've been on the board for how long now? I've been on the board for three terms. Okay, all right. So this would be term number four? If this would be term number four for me yeah. if I were reelected. Okay. Yes, sir. Good deal. Yeah, I just was curious about that. So not that it means, you know, one thing or another. If you've served one term or served, served 10, it doesn't matter to me. I was just curious. So No, you know, it's an interesting thing. I think we have to balance experience with, with also bringing in new perspectives. And it takes a while to kind of understand how the system works and how things do, but also have to look at, at keeping fresh perspective. And we've had, I think, a great deal of turnover on the board um, since I've been on. There are a lot of new members. I expect we'll get some more, and we really welcome them. Um, it, it's great to have different people's perspective. I guess, you know, one of my, my closing messages would just be the thanks to the folks that, that do the work, that uh, both the volunteers and the staff people. It's a great organization. Again, we've got to figure out how we proceed in the future and what ways we can get to, to you know, we, we reach very few of the small percentage of the turkey hunters are actually members of the NWTF. Mm-hmm. How do we reach those folks? How do we get them signed up? What can we do, again, to, to, to bring young folks into hunting and bring people back into hunting and uh, continue to support our hunting heritage? There's, you know, that and then the conservation benefits, I think, are it's where people, the hard-earned money that people are putting into it, it's where it goes to, and how can we make the organization even more effective? Absolutely. Very good. Well, again, good luck to you, and I hope that you have a safe and happy new year and that 2020 is a great year for you, and hopefully I'll get the opportunity to run into you in Nashville. Here in a, I look forward weeks. to it, and uh, while we're wishing for the new year, let's wish for both of us to have a lot of opportunities of hunting and at least a few opportunities of being gobbled out. Oh, that'd be really good too. I like that. <laughs> even if we even if we mess it up, you, you know, when 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 you don't make the kills, usually the story is a lot better, and the ones that you you don't kill, I that they stick with me. The memory sticks with me much longer than the ones where I did everything right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, because I still kick myself on the rear end when I wake up in the mornings after I've had a dream about those that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could I could laugh at myself and tell, you know, two, one or two of the times that, that I very rarely called in multiple birds, but, you know, have them all fly down, land right in front of you, five of them there, and how many did you kill? Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell that story and laugh on yourself, you're missing the fun of it. No doubt. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you again, and good luck to you in the election, and and I do hope we cross paths in Nashville. That'd be great. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Okay, I hope that you enjoyed the interview with Parks. I've got to tell you that this is now the third year that I have been interviewing the National Board of Directors candidates or nominees, and I'm struggling this year. I really kind of have an idea of who I'm going to vote for, but I'm really struggling this time. All six of these guys running, I feel like, are very qualified, and I feel like would do a very good job on the board, and I don't really know which three I'm voting for. Hopefully, though, these interviews have helped you guys to know who you're voting for, and you'll get those ballots in quickly because that deadline is right around the corner. So you guys that are members of the NWTF, be sure to take care of voting for the board of directors. Get those ballots in ASAP. And for those of you guys who are not members of the NWTF, get to it. Join. It's 30 bucks a year, I think, but it is worth every penny. The organization does great things to help with conservation, to help introduce new hunters to the sport of hunting, and to help improve habitat for the birds that we love to hunt so much. So for 30 bucks, you really are going to get your money's worth out of just the magazine subscription that you're going to get, not to mention all the other good stuff that comes along with it. So if you're not a member, jump on their website, go ahead and apply for membership and take advantage of everything that the NWTF has to offer all of us. Okay, no favor this week because, well, you've already given me my favor. You've let me take a few days off, and for that, I'm thankful. I hope all of you guys had a very Merry Christmas. I hope all of you guys have a very safe and happy New Year. I am looking forward to all of the great things that 2020 is going to bring for all of us. And I just hope that all of you guys listening have a very safe and happy new year. Now, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again this week in just a couple of days. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.